Hey everybody, what's shaking? I'm Lee McCormick. Welcome to Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 12, Loose Ends, volume 1. What we're going to do with this show is we're going to talk about Bruce Springsteen's non-album tracks. My friend BJ Cramp from the Rock and Roll podcast is going to join us. We're going to each pick five songs from Bruce Springsteen's catalog of non-album tracks. We're going to discuss them, we're going to play them, and at the end we're going to put together a kind of alternate universe Bruce Springsteen album of these sequenced non-album tracks. Here we go. All right, so BJ's back to uh, help out with another episode here. So how's it going, BJ? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing, Lee? Pretty awesome. Pretty excellent. Yes. How's your podcast going? Rock and or roll? Uh, going very well. Had uh, fun doing a really a two-month-long series about Def Leppard, but now I've been back into just playing some crazy obscure stuff. So Yeah, I, I, I got to admit, I got to about hysteria on Def Leppard and I couldn't get past the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but the first three or four were good. <laughs> but me and Eric had a lot of fun with Adrenalize. I mean, that was just a, you know, kind of a roast. We roasted that album pretty much. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll give that a listen just for a laugh. I heard that you did a recent one on the 60s, which was pretty good. Just some uh, some of your favorite songs from the 60s and stuff. Yeah, there was a two-parter, and, and next week's going to be about 1969. So Yeah, cool. All right, so uh, what I thought we do, I had an idea to do uh, an episode on like all of Bruce Springsteen's non-album songs, like our favorite picks. But then I realized like there's just too many. Like this guy has a quantity and quality of songs that he hasn't used on albums like nobody else. Like maybe Prince and Springsteen. I don't know anyone else who has like a wealth of material like that. Eh? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like the quality and quantity. So I think like almost. Springsteen could have had like a another alternate universe career with his songs he didn't use, you know. Yeah, and I mean they're still surfacing, which is the craziest part. You know, they just came out last year with that River box set, yeah. which still had songs that people really hadn't even heard on bootlegs. So yeah, I didn't expect to get anything new, and I think there was like maybe ten or twelve songs in there I never heard. Yeah. There was, I mean, there were several songs in there that had been in on bootlegs in far with far inferior versions, right. where now we've got better quality. But yeah, there was stuff on there that I had no idea even existed, even up until now. So it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, cool. So what I figure we do is maybe have like a do a few of these episodes where we're just going to talk about like a bunch of them at a time. So we're going to call these like loose ends, and we're going to kind of each pick five. And then just talk about them, play them, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of at the end of it we'll kind of put together like a sequence and maybe turn these ten picks into like an album kind of thing. And this could have been like an alternative universe Bruce Springsteen record. Yeah, and of course it's called Loose Ends because that is a great Bruce outtake exactly, <laughs> right yeah. there. Yeah, that's like little Steven, one of little Steven's favorites, I think. Or yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So my first pick, what I thought I would uh, lead off with is uh, My Love Will Not Let You Down. So this was recorded, I guess, uh, I have May 5th, 1982, as when it was recorded. Uh, Born in the USA outtake. Really kick-ass song. I, I didn't hear this song until the tracks box set came out. Like, I have, I had, I got the tracks box set, and I think I got, like, a four-CD bootleg, like, the Lost Masters, like, Essential 
I'm yeah. Not, I'm not sure which one I got first. And I think that one has like a version of it, but then the tracks version is is cleaned up. But anyway, there's an intensity to this lyric as usual that you get with Springsteen, you know, like he's uh lyrics, he's pledging faith and self-worth amongst the struggle of love, realizing that the love in your heart gives you that passion and commitment to carry on through life, you know. I think I heard John Landau wanted this on Born in the USA, like he wanted this to lead off side two, the first track on side two. But then I guess they finally replaced it with uh, No Surrender, which I'm fine with. No Surrender is probably like my favorite Springsteen song. I could almost see this My Love Will Not Let You Down replacing Dancing in the Dark because I could totally see this as like a dancing kind of disco. Like it lends itself to one of those Arthur Baker 12-inch remixes, you know, those 80s kind of <laughs> remixes he did for all the Born in the USA songs. Yeah, my my love will not let you down. It's an amazing song. It's one of those songs that any other artist would think you're absolutely out of your mind for not putting it on your record. It's basically my favorite kind of song. It's very upbeat, great hooks. But I know it supposedly was recorded. I mean, there was a version of it recorded in 1982. I personally find it hard to believe that what we're hearing on tracks was recorded in 1982. Right. It doesn't sound like Born in the USA era to me. I think. There was a lot of re-recording done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the frustrating things about tracks is there's no liner notes. Um, Backstreets Magazine has some great liner notes they put together for it, but yeah, you get the lyrics, and I think he just puts like the musicians, but it's, even the musicians yeah. is kind of vague, right? Well, we know that some of the stuff on tracks was re- was touched up and re-recorded. There's some stuff that was recorded, at, you know, in 1997 or whenever he was touching it up. Right. But we don't know what. But I have to think that some of the stuff on, you know, probably some of the tracks are from 1982. But I have to think there's some Tons, newly recorded yeah. stuff on there right. to me. But uh what a great song. I mean, yeah, it's one of his best outtakes, I would say. Yeah, the hook on the chorus, that love, 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 love. I remember the first time I hear it, and I'm thinking, like, well, that's ridiculous. He's just saying love, like, nine times in a row. But after you hear it about nine times in a row, you know, you're you're just like, that's cool. I want to sing along to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great live song. They, he plays it, frequent, I guess, frequently compared to some of his other outtakes, but he plays this yeah. live a lot. Max gets a kick-ass... Uh, drum feature kind of on the outro they're just playing through the chords and max is just soloing and just ripping around the kit you know on this song yeah i was gonna say the same thing it's a great live song and because i think it's a it's a song that if it had been on the record it would have been a classic fan favorite mm-hmm. song and yet he just didn't put it on the record so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's just not a lot of artists out there that take a song that's top of their game would uh, destined to be a fan favorite and it just say nah this doesn't fit on the record (laughs) so i'll save it for 25 years i'll put it 25 yeah yeah Yeah. all right so let's play this uh my love will not let you down Just one thing that you gotta know 
my first pick is a song called Don't Look Back, which almost made it on Darkness on the Edge of Town. In fact, supposedly it was in the promo material. It was on an acetate. You know, it was very close to being on the record. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he, he changed his mind and took it off. But it's one of my favorite Bruce songs, just a killer rock song with those gruff Bruce vocals. It's just like one of his fist pumping Yeah. You know, like kind of aggressive but upbeat song. Just I think it's Bruce at his best. He was playing this like in the in like seventy seven, like in the right. in the between the Born to Run Darkness era, where he was doing the lawsuit and everything. And he was playing like the Promise, and this one was played a few times. So it does have that sort of angst of like, uh, you know, I'm gonna fight for what I believe in, like stand my ground kind of thing, you know, defying the odds. Uh, it fits in perfect with the darkness theme that would follow, right? Where we're like Badlands, like spit in the face of these Badlands and, and stuff like that. Put your foot to the floor and darling, don't look back. Yeah, you know, he uh, he really changed his vocal style between Born to Run and, and Darkness and I don't think, he's not really doing the darkness vocals on Don't Look Back. It, yeah, it's kind of there's all these Bruce songs that are kind of lost in limbo between albums, and I think Don't Look Back is one that's kind of... It's somewhere in between Born to Run and Darkness, but it yeah. just kind of got lost. There's it's like, it's like in between every Bruce album, there should have been another album. Right, exactly. And so there's an album There's an album that would have been between Born to Run and Darkness that this song would have been on, but then by the time, yeah, he's finishing up Darkness, and he's put together this whole thematic record, and I guess he just didn't feel like this... Uh, completely fit with that but uh, what's funny about this like too is it was very close to being on get the knack in fact the story i yeah. re- just read is that they were going to put it on there except bruce asked him not to because he was going to put it out and then he never put it out right, and yeah. so it if if it wasn't for that it would have actually been on get the knack which those would have been some, uh, some more nice paychecks for bruce <laughs> if yeah. he would have had this song on there but so that didn't come did that come over as a, as a b-side for the knack or it was it was on a reissue. No, it was on some kind of two CD set in the nineties. I think was the first time it came out. With yeah, I have that. That like the Springsteen cover, one step up. I think it's called. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was on that too. But I think oh, it was like also a, like a knack retrospective. Yeah, around the same thing, time, yeah. I think there was a knack like two CD greatest you know best of type deal that yeah. they put it on there. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good version of it though. Check that out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This song, Don't Look Back, has the uh, distinction of being the very first song I heard Bruce play live. I, my very first show I saw was uh, uh, May 2000, and that was the, the reunion tour, and he was opening kind of almost every show with a, with a tracks song, and that was the one I got that show. So <laughs> Awesome. I'll always remember uh, the band kicking into that song for the first time and you know <laughs> changing my life <laughs> yeah it's a killer song
Next up, I'm going to pick uh, the song Be True, one of my all-time favorite uh, Springsteen songs. Uh, so Be True was kind of like a river outtake, right? Like the story, I heard that he left Be True off to put Crush on You. And he, and he, he, he doesn't know why he did that. But <laughs> That's a ridiculous decision. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love Crush on You, I know Crush on You gets a lot of, a lot of hate from some of the Bruce fans. But I, I love like a simple, stupid rock song like that, man. But anyway, it came out as the B-side to Fade Away eventually. Just a great song conveying that feeling to the, to the girl that, uh, that, you know, I'm not like all the other guys you've been with. There's lots of guys out there that give, uh, you know, guys like me, guys like you, guys like Bruce a bad name, you know. And then we have to go above and beyond to prove to these girls that, you know, not all these guys are, are assholes. You know, there's some good guys out there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just played the song. Recently, I had a, sh- I had a show, like a solo, a solo acoustic show. And I played this song, and this song has got a hell of a lot of chords in it. I don't know if you know. It's not a, it's definitely not a three-chord rock song. Piano riff is uh, taking the hook. Really cool, uh, cool double-tracked vocal he has on this. Uh, and then it's got that E Street Band, you know, recipe for success where you just uh, take it out with a Clarence Clemens solo. Yeah, I think it's one of his best songs, personally, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, ridiculous that uh, <laughs> a, a double album he couldn't find room for this one. But yeah, they, luckily it was released as a B-side, even though I think Fade Away as the second <laughs> single was also kind of an inexplicable choice. So it's kind of stuck on there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, it's an amazing song. It's definitely Bruce at his best. And he brought it back in, uh, I think, the Tunnel of Love tour. He started playing, he played that live. Yeah, it's on that Chimes of Freedom, Chimes of Freedom EP. Yeah. There's a live version. And uh, I, I read a quote from Bruce where he said, be true and roulette should have been on the river. And yeah, he just yeah. doesn't know why they weren't. Well, that's so. the thing. Like, yeah, he's, that day when he was sequencing the album, he's like, ah, oh, there's not enough party rock. We need a crush on you. I got too many of these love songs on there. <laughs> crush on you would have been a much better B-side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have I rather dropped Fade Away. And put B yeah, exactly. On there and keep yeah, that crush was on the you, single. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is one of those Bruce singles where they should be flipped, and B True should have been the A side, exactly. and Fade Away should have been the B side. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> or who? I guess he or he sh- should have put some songs in a soundtrack or something like that. Like he never did stuff like that, right? Like he never. Heard yeah, that's a, true. That's true. You that, know, Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High with a Springsteen song, like song in it or something like that. Like, yeah, he he was just <laughs> overflowing with these songs. He could have been like. Here, take one of these 20. (laughs) Which one do you want? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so cool song. uh, Kind of a love song. And then at the end, he's uh, that that third verse where he's telling this girl that, like, all your dreams that you're fantasizing about, they're not going to come true. So you got to come down to reality. And, you know, the truth will, uh, you'll find love with the truth. So let's play this song, Be True. Your scrapbook's filled with pictures of all your
gonna go broken hearted looking for that happy ending Look who you're gonna end up just another lonely ticket song Crying aloud in the theater as the credits roll They said I'll be like those other guys Who filled your head with pretty lights and dreams that My next is uh, one of my favorite Bruce songs called Take Them As They Come, which I guess was a river outtake. Just a great Bruce pop song, simple but very effective. And uh, I actually had this song on a bootleg before tracks even came out. So it really, eh? I mean, just getting a vinyl record and putting it, this was the first song on it. I was just, you know, it was one of my first exposures to like how insanely great these unreleased Springsteen songs were. And uh, yeah, so it's it's always been one of my favorites, but it's just a kind of a simple pop song in yeah. the end. You know? I have this uh, recorded as April tenth, nineteen eighty. The lyrics are kind of heavy, like these people are on the run and they have guns and there's people coming after them, kind of thing. So it's, I guess they're saying you know you're facing whatever comes in your path and you're taking a stand for what you believe in, making choices that will kind of forever change you turn you into something different and you're dealing with life and its struggles no matter what happens no matter who's in your way you know like there's that verse little girl gone are the days faded away into a clear blue night and all the vows that we made lie shattered and broken in the morning light you got to take them baby when they come but i think like regardless of the what the story the lyrics are about when this song's played live like this song was played a lot often on that reunion tour i think it was played like 10 or 12 times or something like that but the song came to life when the e street band played it and specifically um on that tour right so they, they played the song demonstrating like a commitment to the music a commitment to the fans anyway that's what i got it but maybe i'm glorifying this stuff too much but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a kick-ass version of this i'll play um from one of the last shows he did in los angeles i think he did four or five nights in los angeles in 99 i think it was october 99 and uh yeah, so he opened the show with this just a kick-ass uh, performance of this, you know. Yeah, it's definitely one of those songs where the, it, the melody is much more upbeat than the lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. a contrast there, but yeah, the lyrics hark totally harken back to like "Born to Run" right, yeah. kind of lyrics or, or or darkness. But so yeah, it's kind of a 
it's got like a river feel in terms of like the melody and the poppiness, but then the yeah the lyrics are more like his earlier stuff. So, yeah. and I always thought that that drum break at the end was the coolest, and it's just it comes in a weird spot, you know, like you don't like the song. You think the song's over, and then Max just goes into this like eight bar drum groove, and he's and he's just playing the groove still, and then like the band kicks in the riff again. And it's just kind of neat. I always love arrangement stuff like that. Yeah, I was wondering if that was planned or if Max just decided the song wasn't over yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So check out this uh, this live version from Los Angeles, uh, 
cool song next, which I really love. Another one of my favorite Springsteen songs, um, which is sort of a cover, but kind of different, which is Follow That Dream, which he did this as kind of his, he said that one of his favorite Elvis songs was Follow That Dream, and that's one of my favorite Elvis songs, too. Are you familiar with that one, BJ? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from that movie, Follow That Dream? Yeah. Yeah, which is a really cool movie. gets restless, time to move along. When your heart gets weary, time to sing a song. But when a dream is calling you, there's just one thing that you can do. I've got to follow that dream wherever that dream may lead. i got to follow that dream to find the love I So what he's doing with this is he's kind of he's kind of taking the sentiment of the song, and he's uh, he's taking some of the lyrics, but he's changing the melody and he's putting some different chords in there and he's changing a lot of the lyrics. So I don't know, it's really cool. Like you don't hear many artists doing that, taking a song and like you know covering half of it. I guess I don't know how you would describe that. You know, like he, there's definite lines that he takes from the from the Elvis version. Yeah, so the Elvis version is like, I have a heart that's restless and weary. Uh, I gotta find the love you need. Searching for a heart that's free, wherever it may lead. Right, so those lyrics are in the song. But it's definitely a different melody, different chord, different song structure. But he's, you know, taking the influence and changing it a bit. Demo version from 1983 is cool. I'm I'm sure you have that one, right? Yeah, yeah, I have a few different versions of it, I think. Really? On the different Lost Masters. The one I have that's on the compilation is it's called like Follow That Dream number five or something like that. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't know which one to play because uh, st- I like the demo studio version one, but the live version seems to come alive a bit too. Like the live version, I have a performance from him doing it in Memphis, which is kind of special too. That's from March 2000. Have you heard the live uh, versions? I don't think so. I was going to say, do you hear two hearts in this song? I really yeah, hear two no, hearts in it. Do, dude, now that you say that, yeah. Follow I mean, the verse and the chorus. <laughs> you go, two hearts are better yeah. than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really hear two hearts in there. So when, um, when was this one recorded? I guess I don't... Uh, yeah, supposedly it was born in the USA era. So like... But I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, some of it, some of the timeline in this stuff is kind of confusing. And you've got a lot of songs that get turned into other songs. Yeah, lines like, like we show were just up talking here. about. Be true when there's that song Mary Lou mm-hmm. that I don't know which came first. I'm not even sure. I, Mary Lou must have come first, but yeah. And you know, he put with... both of those on tracks, and they yeah. sound very, very similar. And there's a connection to Little White Lies too, isn't that with that song? I think too. Something like there's a version of Little White Lies that has the lyrics from Be True in one of the verses. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover with lyrics, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally hear a lot of the Two Hearts melody (laughs) in Follow That Dream. (laughs) So I don't don't know. It'd be interesting to... 
I, I don't know, you know, how that how that works, but uh, mm-hmm. and the the Elvis song is almost like a doo-wop sounding song, isn't it? Like yeah, a, well, yeah, it, yeah. The Elvis song is great. Like I love the Elvis song, and uh, it's one of my favorite Elvis songs. And it's it's that's what I mean. Like it's a cover song, but it's it's totally different. Like I remember when I found out about this song, I'm like, oh, he's covering "Follow That Dream," and I was a little bit disappointed that it's not what I expected. But I've learned to love <laughs> yeah, it, right? you know. Yeah, yeah. And coincidentally, uh, Good Karma, Bruce Springsteen just played, we're recording this on July 20th, and he's playing Denmark, a show there, and he played this song tonight, Follow That Dream, for the first time in a long time, which is kind of cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's play this live version. So he's playing it in Memphis, <laughs> he's playing it in Memphis March 8th, 2000. So uh, yeah, check this out, Follow That Dream, and see if you can hear the similarities between the, uh, what was borrowed from the Elvis version. This is uh, one of my favorite Elvis songs. I can't let it go. We haven't played it in practice this week. <laughs> we don't need no stinking practice. <laughs>
My next song is, I guess it's a Born to Run era, recorded in 74, but it's one of those Bruce R&B type inspired pop songs called So Young and In Love. It's kind of Bruce's South Southside Johnny, you know, Asbury Park type thing. Yeah, exactly. It's Probably just, the, the yeah. kind of stuff I think he did with like Dr. Zoom and the Sonic Boom and stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, cool song. It, that was interesting when that, uh, when the Darkness on the Edge of Town box that came out. There's that whole CD of uh, outtakes on there, and there's a lot of songs like this that are kind of more R&B. Yeah, well, Talk and, to uh, Me. Talk to Me was off that, and that was a definite Southside Johnny song, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it, Bruce never really used these songs a whole lot. Uh, I think it's kind of sad that he never put out – he could have put out a whole album of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, that could have been pretty fun. You know, if you think in the 70s, if he would have just put out an album a year like everybody else did – <laughs> you know, we'd have four or five more Bruce albums, so he definitely could have done an album of more this kind of stuff and had a lot of fun with it. But uh, yeah, well, you think of like his his main period, which would be greetings to let's say like Human Touch, Lucky Town. Like that's only like twelve albums in twenty years. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, you look at a band like Kiss, and they've what they they're at eighteen, nineteen albums by the time they're twenty years into their career. You know, and it's it's funny that as an artist, he was. You know, by far prolific enough to have had a lot more albums out, so that wasn't well. The he problem. was, yeah, he was recording 50 and 60 songs at a time, like, he could, yeah, <laughs> and, and quality, Quali quality. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hindsight so, yeah. shows that the, these are quality songs, like, and yeah. yeah, we'll show that you can put together an album of these songs that would probably rival, you know, some of the things he's chosen himself, <laughs> yeah. So, I think. You know, in party was his own worst enemy sometimes, you know, like that song on <laughs> Magic. And then also he had all of the trouble with Mike Appel. Yeah. Uh, that caused the long delay with darkness and, you know. Yeah, and he's stubborn and he's young, and you know, so. I mean, obviously it's not a sad career because he was insanely successful, but it's right. also sad in a way because he was such a, such a great artist. And, uh, you know, I think he could have a much greater legacy if he had had a more consistent a release of these all these songs that he was writing and recording he had them all yeah, so he had them, yeah so young in love is just like a real basic that it, it 
to me, it seems like this is the kind of song that Bruce liked more than anything else. Yeah, like, uh, fun 60s it, rock and roll. Yeah, so, right? so it wasn't, you know, he, as an artist, he expressed himself in a lot of different ways, but I think, uh, you know, just having fun on stage and writing songs, this is the exact kind of thing that he loved to do more than anything, so. Yeah, coming-of-age songs. He seems to like to write songs from, like, teenagers' point of view kind of thing, eh? Like that period in his, like, having, having a good time with your friends, the lure of love and lust and girls, you know, dancing, rocking yeah. with a band, you know? yeah. I love the uh, the good production on this song too for uh, like a '74 Born to Run outtake. You hear stories about how they would spend like hours, like days, trying to get a snare drum sound. Whereas this is an <laughs> outtake, and the fucking snare drum sound on this song is incredible. Like this snare drum rivals like Peter Chris's Love Gun snare drum. Like I love that snare drum, and this one is just when he goes into the verse groove where he's playing like the shuffle on the hi hat and the snare man, the pocket, and that snare drum is just popping. Really sounds cool, and then you got Clint. yeah. It, it really is. It, yeah, you're right. It's a it's a very impressive recording for the time period, and um, like this one, you can tell wasn't retouched. Like it sounds like the band from '74, you know. Yeah, and I think you know. I think there's a lot of people that have a passing knowledge of Bruce Springsteen that would really be baffled by a song like this. They right. they'd be like, "That's Springsteen," you know. So uh, yeah, you know, he he never. I don't. That's another thing is that he never really quite showed especially to the casual listener they never really got a feel for exactly what he was capable of or you know the kind of artist he was well that's where the live show comes comes into play right right where he would he would you know throw in a couple of songs like this covers or you know rarities to show that you know the band can is a kick-ass bar band when it wants to but on his albums he almost wanted to take an artistic approach and you know put together a piece of work that was separate from the live bar band rock and roll party kind of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I think they really, uh, that the, uh, live box set was another big missed opportunity in the Springsteen story where they could have put out a much more diverse collection with, from a lot of different years instead of focusing so much on the born in the USA tour. Yeah. Uh, I think they really missed an opportunity there as well. So there were a lot of live rarities that he'd played too that, you know, could have shown up there. They could have put together such an insanely great box set that covered all the different years, you know. Yeah. And I think they really dropped the ball on it, personally. There was all those 78 shows, like the radio broadcasts that came out. So there's all there's about five or six really good, like, soundboard recorded, like, for radio, audio, like, things. Yeah. Like, but not much of that error showed up on the box set. Like, maybe they were they didn't want to do that on purpose to separate themselves from that i don't know yeah i have no idea the thought process that went into putting together that live box set but i think it should have been much more of a retrospective yeah you know it you know in in hindsight that's what they should have done but you know there's uh, that's the thing about springsteen's career is if you try to rewrite it there's so much that you <laughs> yeah. would change but yeah you can draw from doesn't so work many, that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway let's play this uh this sort of 50s, 60s rock and roll early E Street band song, So Young and In Love. There's fine angels on your fire escape. They lie to your mama for you, try to keep you safe. You with that fire alley virgins on a midnight van.
yeah, so continuing with my sort of weird cover songs that are kind of boring from other songs, I'm going to do uh, Johnny Bye Bye, which the way Follow That Dream was uh, influenced by the Elvis song Follow That Dream. Johnny Bye Bye was influenced by Chuck Berry's Bye Bye Johnny. Do you know that song there, BJ? Yeah, yeah. Motion pictures out in Hollywood Bye Bye Johnny was kind of the follow-up to Johnny Be Good where it's the mom talking about sending her boy off to be a rock and roll star and here she is waiting for him to come back come back home so uh so chuck actually gets the writing credit on this springsteen song which is which is cool that you know bruce gave him the writing credit and it's basically the same vocal melody uh, the lyric structure is the chuck berry version again he's borrowing lyrics from the bye bye johnny version uh drew out her money from the southern trust put her boy on a greyhound bus is right from that song so you're taking the same sentiment, you know, taking some lyrics. In this case, he's taking the melody and the lyrical structure as well, and then just slightly changing it, you know. And then in this one, he's kind of doing it about Elvis Presley dying, right? Like that emotion, feeling the, you know, Elvis's death, what the demise of the king of rock and roll, the way he felt about that. Like there's those lines in the one of the last verse, they found him slumped up against the drain with a whole lot of trouble running through his veins. You know, talking about Elvis dying in his bathroom at Graceland with the prescribed pills and medicine running through his veins. And yeah, it was a it was a brilliant approach to to take the Chuck Berry song, turn it into a different song, make it about Elvis. And uh, yeah, I love this song. I I don't think it really benefits from some of the Born in the USA production, <laughs> like yeah. the synth on there and stuff. But uh, and I believe this that a version of this song was on the original Nebraska tape that he gave John Landau that ended up turning into Nebraska. I could hear that because it sounds like uh, like those open all night songs, Johnny Ninety Nine. Yeah, kind of vibe, right? I kind of dig the '80s production on this though, because it's just weird. Like it's just you know you got the one guitar and there's like a heavy synth keyboard line on it, and the yeah, I like it a lot. But it like you said, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, and I love that it's so short. The song's like a minute fifty three. Yeah, like I love like if you can get a song under two minutes, like. That's a that's a feat, you know. Like it's hard to do like a short song. Like you wanna, oh, I gotta put a solo here. I gotta hit the chorus twice. I gotta do a bridge, you know. Like, but he's I, that's disciplined editing, you know. Like it's point. You can make a poignant statement with a short tune. Like you're not embellishing with solos and needless repeated choruses, you know. Like he, there, there's a demo version that showed up on those like Lost Masters Essentials, and uh, it's got an extra third verse, right? But he cut this the third verse down. And I guess he he just figured it wasn't necessary. Like he he said what he wanted to say with the like the two verses. Right. The song showed up as the B side to "I'm on Fire." I don't think I heard this until the tracks box set because I didn't have, I never got the single for "I'm on Fire." Yeah, I had all those singles. Those "Born in the USA" B sides are awesome. I love them. Yeah, they're great. There's not a bad one on there. All right, so let's play this uh, "Johnny Bye Bye." Mm-hmm. 
Pessy drew out all her money from a southern trust And put her little boy on a greyhound bus Leaving Memphis with a guitar in his hand On a one-way ticket to the promised land But hey, little girl with the red dress on It's a party tonight down in Memphis town I'll be going down there if you need a ride A mine on the radio says Elvis Presley's died We drove down into Memphis The sky was hard and black Up over the ridge came a white Cadillac They'd drawn out all his money And they'd laid him in the back A woman cried from the roadside Speaking of Born in the USA B-Sides, uh, my next pick was the B-Side of the, I believe, the last single from Born in the USA, I'm Going Down. And this is one of those, like I was saying, it's a Springsteen single where I would flip them. <laughs> oh, seriously, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, JD, I mean, I like I'm Going Down, but Janie, Don't You Lose Heart is maybe my favorite song of that era. Like you were saying, No Surrender's your favorite. And yeah, that that's the one that would be competing with this one as my favorite of like all the Born in the USA yeah. uh, songs. Yeah, but I yeah, love this song too. I love this song. Oh, it's so great! And uh, yeah, not on the record. Well, I read it's the last song they recorded. Really? In the Born in the USA sessions? Yeah. Well, I have, and, Ju- uh, I have June sixteenth, nineteen eighty three, as the record date on this. So. Right. Yeah, you know what? There were seven singles. From Born in the USA, and I think they were all top ten. That's so crazy. Yeah. And so I'm going down. It's probably the least known, but I think it was still a top ten single. So uh-huh. I don't see any reason why if he had just put this on the record instead of released this as a single, this would have been a this top ten. Worked, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's so, got yeah, it's, it's got such an infectious sing along chorus that na 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 with the yeah it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a, so it's good. a great <laughs> pop song. It's one of those Bruce songs where it's a great pop song, but it's also like an emotional song mm-hmm. where, you know, it kind of makes you sad at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's like, happy yet melancholy. Like, it's got that yeah. feel-good vibe amongst, you know, feelings of doom and depression. Like, you're singing to this girl, pledging faith to this girl that's upset, so she's in sorrow, she's feeling hopeless. And, you know, sometimes when people are struggling like that, all you can do is, you know, tell them to, to hold on, you know? Like, that's the, the struggle is holding on. And this and this song is just kind of it's just saying to hold on, you know. Yeah, that's quite a feat to have a pop sing along song that also makes you sad. But I think I think that's one of the things I love about Springsteen that a lot of Springsteen detractors don't get mm-hmm. or just think is like cheesy or corny or uh, absolutely, you know. <laughs> Springsteen songs can make me cry because of <laughs> you know I appreciate something that they're not appreciating, I guess, and so. Yeah, you have a song like this that's just a great pop single, but at the same time, it, <laughs> it yeah, at the end of the song, you're fucking bummed, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and the, the the melody and the the music does it too, you know. Like I love the uh, Janie, don't you lose heart melody, and then the the organ and the keyboard is playing like a 
like a similar counteractive melody, like every other note, like the they're playing ding, 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 ding. I yeah, I it. think it's I think it's you know the word earnest. I think springs yeah. it, you know in a song like this, which is supposed to be kind of a throwaway pop song. Springsteen is just very earnest, and but some people don't like that, or they don't get yeah. it, or it just doesn't work for them. Uh, I, I but, love, I love because it's it's showing empathy rather rather than sympathy, you know, like so, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that yeah. goes a long way, and it's got a, a great Clarence sax solo, you know, and I think it's kind of interesting when like when the sax solo comes, I don't know if it's the sax or if it's Clarence, but like when, when some of his some of his sax solos just take the emotions to another level that a guitar or an organ solo can't, you know. I don't know if it's, yeah. I don't know if it's that we know it's like the big man and it's this big black guy and he's just he's got a sax and he's you know like that whole shtick kind of goes a long way when you're <laughs> feeling that emotion of the solo. Or but I don't know, man. It's just every he, this is a great sax solo that you know brings the song to another emotional level for me anyway. Yeah, well, like like you were saying, I think you said you would uh, put uh, replace dancing in the dark with my love will not let you down. Yeah. Or you know, what if you think about so what if the first single for Born in the USA had been either that or this, and you know he had a video with Courtney Cox on stage, yeah. but she's <laughs> dancing to JD Don't You Lose Heart. I mean, it would have worked. Yeah, would it have? Why wouldn't this have been just as big of a hit as Dancing in the Dark? I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then everybody would call Courtney Cox Janie. You know, she would have been Janie from the <laughs> Janie Don't You Lose Heart video, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I got to see this song live. I'm going to play this live version um, from a show I was at. He played this at a uh, Darien Lake gig in uh, it was September 2003. Really cool version. Awesome.
right, so my next song is Wages of Sin. So this was one of the uh, the honorable mentions or alternatives to when we did that Tears That Blind Springsteen Songs That Make Us Cry episode. Where I think this is just a great song, and this one always almost makes me cry, you know. This was recorded, uh, I guess, May 82, I have, a Born in the USA session out to take. Piano and keys providing that perfect, like, somber background that we talk- we were talking about earlier with the, the music enforcing, reinforcing the lyrics. With the piano and the keyboards, the synth string patches that he's, uh, Danny's playing and stuff like that. Oh, really works well with the lyrics. Pretty dark song where he's, you know, talking about the games people play in relationships, inflicting pain on one another. So I get from this song that Wages of Sin is about kind of infidelity and you're staying in the relationship and you're torturing each other with your own guilt. You know, like it seems like he's done something wrong and then he's still staying in this relationship and but she's kind of making him pay for it, making him pay these wages of sin, you know? Yeah, but I but I get I, I can I could tell that you are uh really into lyrics. Like you, yeah. you when you yeah, you really appreciate lyrics a lot, which I totally respect, yeah. but I don't I mean I appreciate good lyrics, but um when it comes to liking a song, uh the lyrics don't really have a lot to do with whether and how much I like the song. Right, usually, yeah. you know I, what I mean. Yeah, I get that. Well, I think maybe because I'm a so- maybe because I well, I picture myself as a songwriter, and I've worked at lyrics, and I've had I know how hard it is to write lyrics. So when there's a lyric that really hits me, I I just I just think it's the greatest art in the world. You know, when someone can put you know lyrics that affect you and music that affects you together. But then again, I also love Louie Louie. I think those are great lyrics too. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I write songs too, and I ob- obsess over lyrics to the point of paralysis, where <laughs> I can't, I can't finish anything because they have to be perfect. So yeah, I, so yeah, so you know, it's the kind of thing where um, you'll say I don't really like that movie, and you're just discounting all of the time and effort and work that went into making that, you know. And it's the same yeah, thing, yeah, with a song where yeah, you're like, like, yeah, I don't really like that song, and here they spent. <laughs> You know, uh, two months just trying to come up with one line, you know, to finish yeah. the verse or whatever. But yeah, you know, so Wages of Sin as a song is definitely not one of my favorites. Just, you know, the kind of stuff I like yeah. is much more like Janie, Don't You Lose Heart than this. Yeah, I got you. But what what I find funny is just the whole um, how Springsteen went from Nebraska to board in the USA. And just so Wages of Sin to me is like. One of those, because it was recorded in 82, I think. So yeah. it's like somewhere between Nebraska and Born in the USA where, <laughs> you know, he's still in that total darkness of Nebraska, but that's not going to end up, that's not how Born in the USA is going to end up, you know. So it's funny yeah. that <laughs> this song is comes out of that just I know. Who, darkness. Maybe, who knows, man? Maybe one of his friends stopped by his house one night and told him this story about like, yeah, you know, my girlfriend's fucking someone else and I came home and you know the there's clothes thrown all over the place and she's in the corner with makeup running down her face and i don't want to believe what my heart keeps saying but i'm staying and she keeps me paying these wages of sin you know and he's like oh there's a song in there <laughs> yeah you know, did you see i think it was very recent like maybe even this week where he played this song live for the first time ever are you serious because a, no I, yeah a guy had it had a sign i don't know if it's in like denmark or something i could be wrong but i think it's very recently well, Denmark, I saw it on I saw it on YouTube. Really, um, that's some weird like 
good karma going on. I had the fall of that dream was played tonight. You're saying this right. was, and I, uh, I played Johnny Bye Bye, but even in that show tonight, he played, uh, you never can tell another Chuck Berry song. So yeah, he pulls the guy's sign out of the crowd and he says, he asks the guy's name and he's like, this guy's been at a, at a lot of my shows. I've seen this guy a lot. And the guy <laughs> had a wages of sin sign and then they played it. Wow. And I'm just, I'm just wondering how it is. I mean, do they, how many songs do they know? Like, how do you, how are you just able to sing this song because a guy had it on a sign? Man, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's does crazy. he just, I don't know how many songs he's actually ready to play at the drop of a hat. Yeah, <laughs> I nuts, wonder. You know, you're saying this is kind of like from that Nebraska era where the third verse kind of has a callback to my father's house where he's, he's, a, he's a child running through the dark forest trying to get home. And there's that feeling of something demonic, like coming for you as you're trying to make it to safety, right? So, and then there's that line in the third verse. Uh, I remember when I was a little boy, where the cottonwoods grow tall, trying to make it home through the forest before the darkness falls. All the sounds I heard, if they weren't real, I had the devil snapping at my heels, kind of thing, right? And yeah, uh, I remember. I remember on the Tears That Blind episode, we talked about those third verses. Yeah, where yeah. There's never a happy ending. <laughs> They're just like dark as hell, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, and there's the, the lines. I cried all the tears, baby, that I could cry. I stomached all my fears till they came rushing up inside. And I think that's like he's he's talking about that verse where he's as a child. And I think like when you're a child, you kind of let the pain show. Like if you're hurt, you cry. You know, if something's wrong, you you pout. Whereas when you grow older, you don't let that show. Like you kind of bury the pain inside until it comes pouring out one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is definitely one of those songs where Springsteen inhabits a character, and he was he was he's so good at that where. Yeah. Yeah, he just he he kind of writes the song like a Flannery O'Connor story or whatever and he mm. gets into this character and writes from their point of view and um yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> it's one of yeah. those very dark <laughs> depressing songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool drums by Max on this too. He's keeping the beat with the bass drum and the hi-hat and he sounds like he's playing mallets on like the toms and doing these cymbal swirls and stuff like that. So uh check out this song Wages of Sin. I wanna talk it out You won't say nothing Nothing at all You just sit there You won't open that pretty mouth I think you like keeping my back up against the wall Wages of sin You keep me paying Wages of sin for wrongs that I Wages of sin, you keep me paying Wages of sin, one by one I walk in the apartment and there's clothes thrown all over the place You're crouched in the corner with your makeup running down your face I don't want to believe what my what my heart keeps saying You keep me on the line So you can keep me paying Wages of sin We keep paying Wages of sin For wrongs that we've done Wages of sin Yeah, we keep paying Wages of sin That's how we 
Jay, you got one more song for us to talk about here? Yeah, uh, my last pick. Yeah, like you said, we uh, I shouldn't just pick all my favorites, so I, I just kind of tried to mix it up with this list. And um, yeah, we can't... I mean, these are all songs I love, but yeah, I did yeah. save some. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get a few episodes. more episodes out of this, so we didn't want to top load it, you know? Yeah, but I, I thought of this song, a uh, great moody ballad called The Way. Um, I think it's a darkness out. I think it almost made it on the record I, th- I think it says it was very close to making it on darkness really it's just kind of a simple ballad simple but direct you know mm-hmm. and you know this is one of those songs that's like it could have been a hit song or it could have been on the cutting room floor it's like, oh <laughs> it could have gone either way and uh, but yeah it's, i mean it's just a simple ballad but i think it's great yeah, and i think it would have been great on darkness this is one of those rare, we were just talking about the third verse twist. This is one of those rare Bruce Love songs without a twist. Like, it just seems to be... Yeah, I'm, he doesn't have a nightmare in the third verse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this has got a... When was this? This was 78. So there's a line from the river is bored in this too, right? Like he's... Uh, right, yeah. I remember us riding in my brother's car, body tan and wet in the reservoir. At night on them banks, I'd lie awake and pull her close just to feel each brush she'd take. So that's the river line. And this this tune's got that last verse that says, sometimes at night I lie awake, I pull you close and feel each breath you take, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a... I think there's a... Aren't there some river lyrics in The Promise or something too? I think there's a couple other songs where some of the lyrics ended up in the river. 
Yeah, we well, just got that notebook of lyrics, right? And I guess right. sometimes yeah. he's just like, ah, oh, well, he just flips through the book and just finds a line that kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we were talking, I was thinking of when we were talking about Take Them As They Come, I bet that, because we were talking about how it's a really upbeat song, but the lyrics are really dark, like mm-hmm. more like a Born to Run. Right. You know, so I would guess that's probably a, one of those songs where he had the lyrics and maybe, you know, he went through a bunch of different permutations before he settled on that one, right, you know, because yeah. that's what he did with a lot of stuff. So Absolutely, yeah. I wrote down the way is uh, it's a hit song that Bruce could write in his sleep. You know, basically right, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a pretty simple song. I don't even think there's is there a bridge? Yeah, there's a bridge. There's a bridge, couple of verses. There's not a chorus, I guess, right? It's kind of like a verse, verse, bridge. So yeah, yeah. You get a Clarence sax solo, though, I guess. Secret weapon again. All right, so let's play this song, The Way. The way your heart beats when I the way you sigh when we kissed goodnight The way the wind blows through the trees Well, hey, that's the way you belong to me The way you warm me, baby, when I'm cold Take 
we're going to kind of put these songs together in some sort of sequence. I titled the album Don't Look Back. Okay, so side one opens with My Love Will Not Let You Down. Cool opener. I love the drum intro. So any, any kind of record that starts with drums, I'm, I've, I've always been a sucker for those, you know. Track two, we got Don't Look Back. Title cut. And then uh, track three, we go into So Young and In Love. So I got three kind of up-tempo rockers to start. And then I'm going to go with Wages of Sin for uh, track four, side one. And then finish it off with uh, the side with Be True. That's the last song on side one. Then for side two, I'm going to do uh, open the side with Take Them As They Come. And then we'll go into the Way ballad next. And then uh, third song we're going to do is Janie, Don't You Lose Heart. And then I'm going to end the album, close the album with Follow That Dream and Johnny Bye Bye. Because I like that kind of vibe. I like the, you know, the Elvis song and then the, the song about sort of Elvis and the, the semi-cover, semi-original kind of thing. I love it. I love it. That And what a killer album. Yeah, it would have <laughs> you know? been great, right? Like, I could pull three or four singles off that, right? Like, My Love Will Not Let You Down would have been a single. Janie, Don't You Lose Heart would have been a single. Be True. Maybe Follow That Dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Be True is like, come on. how? I mean, that is a single in any universe. Seriously, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I did an episode with Brian Sword about The River where we, we put together, like, an al- the album that would have come out yeah, that one's like, good. Think, like, instead of The River being a double album, if he would have put out two albums in 80 and 81. And yeah, I mean, when you start putting together the albums that Bruce could have released if he had just put the songs that he had written yeah. and recorded. <laughs> so, yeah, here you have another album that would have just been killer if this had come out. I, I don't know. Like, I put, like, I, I envisioned this album could have been released in 1986. You know, like, in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's had, he's got, like, a lot of these songs are born in the usa leftovers and some of them are like from the you know 78 era so i'm like he could have reworked some of the older songs taken some of the born in the usa outtakes and this could have been released in 86 you know like you know when that box i guess the box it was a big thing in 86 but put out a new record you know and put this in between tunnel of love i think that would have worked yeah sure <laughs> i mean you know you know when you're tra- when you're coming off of one of the biggest albums in history um you know, a lot of people stumble when they try to follow that up. That's and true. Uh, yeah, you almost got to go in a different direction. So, you know, I think yeah, I think Bruce just kind of rebelled against it yeah, <laughs> or like he, something like he wanted to not be compared to that at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked on the I think we talked on the river episode about how, you know, here he he finally has success with the river after all this struggle. And what does he do next? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he puts out a four track <laughs> demo. So he's always just like, yeah, that's the fucking genius of him, though. You know, that's why we all love him, I think. Yeah, I mean, this album could have come out at 79, 82, 83, whatever. I mean, you know, this song, this album the did not exist in 79, but I mean... Yeah, it could yeah. have come out in 2004. Like, you can just think, <laughs> sure. think of, like, any incarnation of the band, you know, and they can do it. Like, this could have been a 94 album, you know, it could, could have been a solo album from 94, and it still would have worked. These songs are good enough, I think. Yeah, we did just did an episode about the pod of the podcast about you know the way Van Halen put out a different kind of truth where it was mostly cobbled together from um, they mostly took old demos and rewrote them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and who I mean, Springsteen could be putting out an album every month <laughs> <laughs> if he was going to do that. Like, imagine if imagine if all these songs were locked in the vaults, right? Like, no one knew about them, and all of a yeah, sudden exactly. he puts out an album in like 2017 <laughs> with like 
these songs that you're like, where does he come up with this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Springsteen just put out the greatest album ever in the history of rock and roll. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just because he used ten songs that he had recorded over the course of his career. Exactly. I mean, he could do that. If yeah, you're, yeah, like you're saying, if nobody ever heard any of the outtakes and he just took the ten best and put them out, oh man, <laughs> it'd be insane. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm such a huge fan of all the Springsteen outtakes, and I've obsessed over them for so long that yeah, I love you know going through them and talking about them. Yeah, so hopefully we can get you back for uh, who knows three or four more volumes of this loose ends thing where we're just going to talk about non-album tracks. What what would we classify as a non-album tracks? I would say anything that didn't come off. Like the official 18 studio albums, right? Yeah, right. Anything that's not... A, yeah, so like, you know, on this one, we've got, what, three of these were released as B-sides. Right, B-sides, um, and we have, like, the tracks stuff, like, I guess, the Promise and the the Ties That Bind, River Box Set stuff, and all the outtakes and bootlegs, and I guess, like, the greatest hits, extra stuff, I guess, <coughs> will count, like that... that is, oh, yeah, I thought about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like... To, yeah, I could definitely see... Blood yeah. Brothers coming up. Yeah, I could, I, I, I'll have to throw Murder Incorporated. Murder Incorporated, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, when I was putting together my list, I thought about those. Yeah, we can't. But yeah, I just saved some for later. Yeah, yeah. we can't blow the wad all at once. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's so much. So what out of these songs is "Follow That Dream" the only one that's not like on something official or uh, is the way on the promise the way is not on the promise i didn't have okay the way so the way anything. is not on an yeah. unofficial thing either okay yeah yeah so both of those all right so i recommend everybody check out bj on his uh rock and roll podcast where can people find that itunes uh, and all what the is, regular stop spots you know? yeah itunes there's the facebook page i think it's uh rock and or roll podcast.blogspot.com there's links right there for everything so cool man all right well thanks again bj and we'll uh talk to you soon brother yeah you'll be uh we'll be doing uh you'll be joining me on my show coming up for a couple of things we've been talking about so yeah what are we gonna do some we're gonna do some cinderella cinderella some, some Iron and, uh, maiden yeah yeah <laughs> and we still got to do that canada 80s one man yeah definitely i'm dying yeah. to do that one with you so uh yeah so stay tuned folks and we'll talk with you later That's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at Tramps Like Us Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Tramps Like Us podcast is a nonprofit audio fanzine created by fans, for fans, and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary... E Street Band. One, two. If your heart is restless from waiting so long, if you're tired and weary 
distant 